0: Hey Hope family, welcome to another week of Hope Dailies, and I trust that you've been encouraged and challenged by these as we've been doing them for well over a year now. There is something about turning our minds toward scripture each day that I think the Spirit uses to refresh us and to keep us focused throughout the day. There's also something about reading the Word of God communally, and with that in mind, I just want to Make sure you're aware or remind you that we have started to gather online to discuss our Bible book of the month. Over the last two months, we have read and discussed the book of John and the book of Acts. Both have been awesome conversations. There's been about four of us, four or five of us, um, and we just read it and we come with our observations, our questions, and uh, we try to dig in a little bit deeper together. I'm not, and no one else is set up as the answerer or the guru as we meet and discuss. We just come together with our questions, our observations, and we allow the spirit to use the work he's done in us individually to affect us collectively. So this month's book is the book of Romans. And even if you haven't started, you're not even behind because it's a 16 chapter book. So you can definitely finish that uh, over the next couple of weeks here. And we will be meeting online Thursday, April 29th at 7 p.m. And we would love for you to join us. We will make sure that that information for the Zoom meeting is available to you online and through our newsletters. Uh, But if you have any questions, you can always email me, dave at hopechristianfellowship.org. After spending a few weeks, the past few weeks, looking at the cast of Easter, we will now turn our attention elsewhere. I want to share a thought or a challenge from each of the messages that Jesus sent through John to the seven churches in Asia Minor. These are found in the beginning of the book of Revelation. And Revelation is a wild book, but I believe that chapters 2 and 3, which contain the messages to these seven churches, are a key to understanding the book as a whole. But I also believe that they are instructive for us today. Each of these seven churches had taken on a personality, and they had different struggles that Jesus warns them they need to either get right or Or there were a few churches that he offers encouragement to persevere through the struggles being subjected on them. And before we get into specifics about the messages and what the churches were going through, I think it would be helpful for us to take this episode and talk about power. The reason why I want to talk about power is because I think the use of power is central to each of the exhortations that these seven churches receive from Jesus in the book of Revelation. And I think power is kind of being critiqued throughout the entire book of Revelation. And the temptation to grab power and use it as the world uses it, whether for righteous or unrighteous means, has and continues to be a temptation for the big C church, for our church, Hope Christian Fellowship, and for each individual Christian. We all face that temptation to use the power that we have or that we can have and use it for ourselves to use it the way the world uses it. Again, we'll look at how power is at play with these seven churches in the coming weeks, but today we're going to look at the third and the final temptation of Jesus. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 to 11. And so Jesus has been fasting for 40 days, uh, and after his baptism, the Spirit led him out into the desert. There's where he fasted, and then he is met by Satan and tempted uh, three specific times that we're told about. And this is the third one, uh, picking up in verse 8 of Matthew 4. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Satan takes Jesus up to a mountain and offers him a shortcut. Satan knows why Jesus is there. Satan knows the plan that was in place before the foundations of the world. Satan knows that it will be grueling and it will be painful. Jesus thinks through his death he will draw people to himself. But Satan, <clears throat> the prince of this world, suggests an easier way out. Accomplish your task, get all the power, and skip the hard stuff. Have the power without the struggle. Jesus, of course, denies this offer and in so doing teaches us an important lesson. The ends do not justify the means. And when we are faithful to God's plan, we get even more than our shortcuts offer us. Satan was offering Jesus all the power on earth. But when the risen Lord gathers his disciples on a mountain, later in this book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, and he gathers his disciples on a mountain, perhaps even the same mountain that Satan took Jesus to, and he tells his followers, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Pope Benedict in his commentary points out that Jesus was offered power on earth from Satan. He's shown the kingdoms of the world and And Satan says, I will give these to you. So he's offered an earthly power. But due to Jesus' faithfulness in God, he now has power in heaven and on earth. This is real authority, the only true saving power. Earthly power, as we've seen play out throughout our history and in current times, is fickle and fragile. The power from heaven only comes as a result of the resurrection. And his resurrection presupposes the cross. His suffering was integral to him being glorified. His suffering was his glorification. Jesus shows us how we are to use and gain power. As Philippians 2 tells us, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Instead, Jesus emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant and dying a criminal's death. As Isaiah tells us, the Messiah who will have the government rest upon his shoulders, a.k.a. who will have all authority, will be one who is acquainted with grief. Jesus knew that temptation that faced his followers. It was the same temptation that he faced on that mountain with Satan. What kind of power do you want? Do you want military might? Surely in your hands, Jesus, it will be used for good. The Jewish leaders had to make the same decision. Barabbas, who was an insurrectionist, was sentenced to death around the same time as Jesus, and Pilate offered the leaders a choice, Jesus or Barabbas. To this, they said, give us Barabbas. What's interesting is that Barabbas' name means son of the father. The Jewish leaders were faced with two messiahs, faced with two sons of God, and the Jewish leaders chose the one who was willing to fight and to use power. A people subjected to oppressive power wanted a leader who would fight fire with fire. Throughout her history, the church has had to make this choice time and time again. The church, wedding with a Roman Empire in the 4th century, had effects that we are still feeling today, and I'd argue many of them are negative. We are faced with this same temptation today to use power as the world uses it or to use power the way Jesus does. To bring about the kingdom of God by using the world's power, by grasping for power, and using the world's systems, or by laying down all power that we might have, by loving even our enemies. In varying ways, the seven churches of Asia Minor battled these temptations. We'll look at those in coming weeks, but for today, I leave you with a question. Whose kingdom and whose methods are you choosing? Satan is too cunning and crafty to ask us to simply bend the knee and worship him. Instead, he dresses as an angel of light. He presents things in packages that have an appearance of the kingdom of God. We strive for political power so we can experience freedom, protect the sanctity of life, and care for the poor and needy in their afflictions. These all sound really good. We seek financial power so that we can be a blessing to others. This sounds noble. We seek social influence and standing so that our platforms can be used by God. God can and does work through these things, through political systems, through those who have financial means, and through those who have a social influence. But as soon as we make them the ultimate things, as soon as we make them the goals, we have bought the lie of Satan yet again. We must get to know Jesus and get to know the way of Jesus all over again. We, like our brother Jesus, must empty ourselves and take on the form of a servant. We must be willing to suffer. We must become acquainted with grief. For this is the only path toward true joy, toward true authority and power. This is the only path to the kingdom of God.